G'day and we're back in the studio and it's Helen Boyd with you here again today, this afternoon. And I have with me Katie Flowers from Wild at Art Studio and we're actually sitting together in her studio as we chat. Welcome Katie. Thank you Helen, good to be here. Thank you, thank you for coming on. I've been, we've been trying to do this podcast for quite a while now yeah. and we've both managed to have a moment to sit down and have a little chat in between studio goings on ongoings goings on (laughs) (laughs) so i'm sitting here i'm in your studio and it's a very vibrant um yet soothing space and i'm surrounded by all your creative treasures um inspiring books what else have we got here we've got all your me um pens and paints and collage materials Yes, um, examples of your mandalas. Lots of paper. Shrines. And you've got on one table, because you've got all your lovely tables through the middle on one table, because this is a multi-purpose space, isn't it? It is, yeah. There's been a couple of goings on in here today. So I came down for the weekly lunchtime de-stress doodles, which I'm quite a fan of. Yeah. And turned up a little bit late because of my jet lag but I've managed to plough through and had a really fine time and then I've kind of been playing with you through collage we're setting up something there's a workshop you're doing for somebody else at a school tomorrow night Mm -hmm. inspired by the Hong Kong skyline collage and then over to my left I can see these beautiful journals ready to be filled which will be for a workshop tonight yes so tonight is part two of yep. the um find your voice journaling course um art journaling is very very close to my heart that's been a lifelong practice for me um probably starting right when i was a little girl and my mum oh really used, yeah my mum i remember we this is a, a very odd odd but true story my mum always used to make me keep little notebooks and scrapbooks on holiday. And this one particular year, 1967, yes. we were in um, the bottom of Yugoslavia, well, in my granddad's camper. The Russians which, which, yeah, okay. invaded Czechoslovakia. All the grown-ups spent the time being incredibly worried and gathered around kind of like the one black and white television in the okay. area. Yeah. And um, the kids were just thrilled because we got to, we weren't allowed to leave. <laughs> so you got a longer holiday. So we got a much longer holiday and it gave my mum licence to say, right, you're going to do this every day. Oh. <laughs> we're going to do the diary and the scrapbook every day. Right. And do you still have any of those scrapbooks? I haven't got the very, very early ones. Um... But, and they literally started off as postcard of the day. Mm. We went to Sarajevo. This is what we did. <laughs> I, saw, you know, da, 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 da. I think I've got some of those tucked away somewhere, but probably not quite as exotic as what yours are. And then, and then it probably moved into those wonderful... Do you remember those diaries that you used to get that had five... There were five-year diaries and the paper was oh, thin yeah. and they had a log yeah. on yeah. and a romantic picture on yeah. the cover. And I started those sort of in my so did you do years. did you do collage and drawing in those or I, just writing i did writing and then what i used to do was cut out 
From magazines. Dreamy pictures from magazines. So I used to do that with them my in. school diary. Yeah. Which is why I was laughing because when I was in here at the weekly lunchtime de-stress doodle um, with you, remember I bought my yearly diary. Yeah, yeah. Which my daughter-in-law had covered a normal diary in fabric she knew I'd love and given to me for Christmas. So that was creative in itself and very <coughs> yeah. thoughtful. And then I've been getting more into the idea of altered altered journals mm. and I've been taking out the um, signatures as the year progresses because yeah. it gets so bulky. Yeah, so yeah. for those that don't know, the signatures are the sort of innards sections of the paper. You know, when you rip yeah, one page out. Yeah, so where it's folded up, the little fold-up parts. And when you start adding additional paper, things it, get it expands, chunky. Yeah. So I've been taking out several of the signatures, keeping others in, of course, and as the year progresses, I've been collaging that mm. up. And it's been a really nice thing to mm. do because things I go to, like other friends' exhibitions, mm. I might stick the invitation in there or, you know. So it's kind of a way of following your year yeah. in a visual collage. And I thing. think that you raise um, a very good point because I think an art journal, pe- pe- people have got a very many different art journaling practices, many different perceptions of what it is and what it can be. And I think it can be as much of a kind of a scrapbooking as we've just said, Mm. tracking your year through Mm. the general ephemera that you find in Mm. your life. It can be something which um, is a work of art in and of itself. Mm. And it can also, and I say this because this is what the journals have been for me in my life probably, um, but you also have quite an insight to well, other people's journals as well. I do now. Doing the workshops, right? I, I, I think that that's because as well my process has been varied and complex and an awful lot about personal expression and the mm. processing of life, not just the recording of life, but the mm. processing of life. And I feel that that is what brought me to my art therapy career, Mm, is the the knowledge that probably if I hadn't uh, dialogued with myself through all of those pages, Mm. I'm not sure I would even sort of be this person. I feel it's been such a a grounding place of home for me for Mm. so many years. And um, definitely that is what drives me to bring some kind of art journaling process to other people and and how I do that varies Uh, it can be a lot of the technique that you're describing that Mm. you do Mm. sometimes it can be that the book becomes a complete work of art in and of itself Um, and if I'm working with an art therapy client it's a place a very private place Mm, where um, somebody is is maybe responding to guided visualizations and meditations and doing an awful lot of zoom in on, mm, on personal so it's their material. personal journey because i mean that's the thing isn't it you don't always have to show your art so it might be like their safe sort of sacred yeah. space yeah. that they have that journal and they can yeah. use that on their own with you or without you i guess they can yeah we usually start it if i'm working with a private client we have studio work right we'll start a journal practice on the first day okay and that can become a friend yes for yes. them in between our sessions and that's so um, great yeah okay. and a, a go-to place and it gives people license to to sort of dig a little bit deeper when they're not mm. necessarily here and then they will bring it back and, and, and you discuss that and we 
it's totally optional whether we look at it together. Right. And in a way, my role is as much as of a witness. Yes, um, yes. As anything else. Well, a, gu- a, guiding a, guide, witness, a guide really, a witness, isn't witness. it? Arthur? Yeah. So I want to backtrack a little bit now that you've raised that. So I first met you... Oh, blimey. Well, Early 90s. That son is about to turn 30. Yeah. And he would have been 15, maybe? Oh, okay. So 15 years ago? Did we meet 15 years must ago? must be... She's picking paint off me or paper off me. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, you would know the dates better than me. Oh, um, yeah, because, yeah, I would say around about we probably 16 years ago, I'm going to guess. Yeah. yeah. So Katie and I first met because my children at the time were at the Aussie school here in Hong Kong, and Katie took a posting as head art teacher at that time. And so we connected through my son's aunt, yeah. really. Yeah. And then we've stayed friends. And I've always been further out of Hong Kong and you've been further out on the other side. Mm. And so, but we've always stayed in touch. And then I think through the magic of the facey book and things mm. like that, we've reconnected a bit mm. more, haven't we? Mm. Now I'm living on the island, so I'm kind of actually no, no, a few you're my streets. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're neighbours. I'm a few streets away yeah. from your studio and it's just worked out. That's oh, been very lovely. serendipitous. Yeah. And it's been really lovely because I've done... Well, prior to you coming to this space, but now you've got your own space, which is super exciting. And as I said, you do, you have weekly things that you do. You have monthly mandala workshops. Mm. Then you have the ongoing running workshop every now and then, like the six weeks. You do things where you freelance at other schools. You have weekend create. So there's a lot going on Mm. in your world. But initially you started out as an art teacher, then an art teacher who was studying art therapy. Yeah. And you were kind of doing all this journaling stuff on the side, mm. probably more through Lama, where you live. Yeah. And then that's evolved into you doing it through the Wellness Centre. Yeah, that's exactly hence right. Hence the mandalas. Yeah. And then you took a real leap of faith, really, and said, I'm going to have a go at being a full-time artist, art therapy mm-hmm. practitioner, mm-hmm. and finished your degree. Mm. What sort of got you to that point where you thought, felt like you were ready for that? Because that's a huge decision. Well, make. it is a huge decision. and um, Coming from a teaching position. Giving up the golden handcuffs of my fabulous international school mm. salary. Yeah. was a yeah. bit hardcore. Yeah, no, a lot uh, of people can't <laughs> quite do it, you know. Yeah, so. and you know what, Helen? If, you know, I was 60 this year. Right. And I think... Which... By the way, listeners, you wouldn't know. Gorgeous. Gorgeous inside and out. Um, It was that thing of, I was 58 years old. Right. And I was talking to my um, colleague and work wife, Claire, and saying, if I don't do it now, Claire, I'm going to get to 60. Yeah. And I'm going to... You didn't want to have those regrets. Why didn't I do that, make that leap? Mm. And I, it, it was very, very fortuitous that a dear close friend had been studying art therapy and we, you know, she encouraged me with an awful lot of support and she connected me to the Vancouver Art Therapy Institute that do um, work with uh, Hong Kong students. with So I did two summer residencies in Vancouver. Okay. And um, an awful lot of online courses with 750 supervised hours. 
That's a huge commitment. Yeah. It was, it was, it, it was a huge But you obviously commitment. felt yeah. quite passionate about following through. and. I think it was almost just a natural segue. Right. Because for me, I know in just the deep knowing way that we can that um, finding and developing an art process is a therapeutic happening for people whether it be if you like we could call it therapy light Mm. as in uh, enjoying uh, intuitive painting or mandala classes or something where you're really enjoying art as therapy and diving a little bit deeper into the journal Mm. work Mm. and then knowing that the qualities of art, the art therapeutic practice in a one-on-one setting is a deeply transformative and healing journey. And you've seen, through your practice, you've seen people Mm. come through. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. It's not what I would call a quick fix. No, of course not. It's more of a long game, Mm. but the fact is, you know, we spend so much of our time up in cognitive brain, and yet... Especially in a place like Hong Kong, right? Yeah, very much so. It's Mm. a very, very head-orientated place, if you like. And and when we occupy that place, um, we can only really know what we can verbalise and what we can talk about. That's how we access what's in Mm. cognitive brain. Okay. And then, of course, that absolutely giant part of the iceberg that's underneath the surface, which we tap and touch into when we're asleep and when we're dreaming, mm. is where all of our uh, body memories, somatic memories, smell memories, mm. uh, visceral memories of every description abide. And we can't necessarily tap in or access those through... But I think there's also, the for many, um, a hesitancy as well, right? And it's and it's not, as you say, it's not an easy fix. It's a long-term fix. But it's also can unleash, like, depending on the person's background, it can, you know, it's not always an easy thing to do. It's but it, it but it's worth it. I think. I, I think. think the best way to describe it is, and I do have clients that see a talk therapist as well as an art therapist right. at the same time. Right. And I had um, a client who said to me once that she sees her talk therapist to help her sort out what she wants to know about, and she sees her art therapist to find out what she doesn't know that she needs to sort okay. out. So she felt quite like it was... Um, Very complimentary. They complement yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. much so. And I know for myself, having just come... Because my art's very different to your art, but I still find certain aspects of my practice to be very meditative, you know, and I've kind of changed up and I'm focusing more on my own practice and still doing, you know, some workshops. But... Even when I do stuff that isn't art therapy related, but if I run a workshop for something that I do, there's just something... You can see it when people do practice art, even if they're beginners too. Mm. It just falls away, doesn't it? Mm. Like it just gives them that inhale, exhale. You know, it's lovely to be kind of help be part of that. Mm. I I really appreciate being part of that and humble, I, I quite think, humbled about I that. I think 
what there's an awful lot of fear attached to um, people reconnecting with their own artist because people have a sense that uh, it's a kind of a you know god-given attribute that only some people can do in inverted commas art but I would say it's just remembering that this is our primary language this is the language that we were already using to communicate very for true. the very first part of our life before we were before humans yeah. were writing yeah they were it's drawing, our, very they? very much so and yeah. and and really what happens is that because of the layers of life and our academic system and the way that we learn at school we press pause on that mm. somewhere possibly quite commonly in kind of grade three or grade four and um and then we don't necessarily go back to it because that's also the point in our um, creative development development where we become a little bit more critical and judgmental of of our ability to be to be good at something mm. and to sort of and create perfect images. I think that's the thing. You don't have to be. There's sometimes there's that sense of perfection, and I think as practicing artists, we know artists. We know that you have to make a lot of mistakes we were talking about this the other day and experiment and let go and just sort of play even it is play that's how we touch our imaginal realm because without accessing our imaginal we can't envisage that life can be full of different possibilities so it if let's take for example if you if people are feeling very depressed or very stuck Um, and trapped or unable to make a change or they don't have the resources to make a change Mm. touching back into the imaginal realm is a way to be reminded that actually this is one way we can do that and this is another way and I I wonder what other possibilities there are Mm. and once we start to physically create possibilities on the page in front of ourselves Yes. We we are able to see there's another way to be, there's another way to do this. And and that provides, you know, a promise it it provides hope really, yeah. doesn't it? So I can see the positive in that just talking to you about that even briefly now. I'm looking around your studio, I'm looking at these wonderful mandalas. Did you come into the mandalas through your art therapy course or was that something separate no actually i definitely always thought that creating something uh geometrical would be possibly my least favorite uh, art activity because i'm a mixed media collage artist yes yes and um my work is made of layers and it's organic and it changes and then one day as part of um my friend the art therapy, my art therapy friend, Kat, we were doing a little online art course together and it was a requirement that we had to create a mandala. And I was sitting on a sunbed in Sri Lanka on a holiday and all I had was an in-flight magazine and my pencil case with scissors and glue. So I chopped it all up and I created... I do like those in-flight magazines. I have nice pickies in those. Yeah, and I created my first one and then... I had plenty of pages in the art journal, so right. then I created another one and another one. And I got very, very captivated by this wonderful 
the comfort of repetition in the, where I was designing as I went along, but the structure was known and comfortable. The circle right. gave me a kind so I have, of security. I, at this point, I do have a confession to make in this conversation. <laughs> so when I came to the very first Mandala night with you, I was quite nervous about yeah. it because I think my work in a different way is quite intuitive. And my idea prior to coming to your workshop was that mandala was something really structured mm. and i think the night i started my mandala with you was the color therapy i remember it because what, i remember it what you, you went do. over and over and over it and it was yeah. an orange shade yes that's right <laughs> i always and remember I, what people made and i really really enjoyed it and i was really surprised i enjoyed it so i went along because i was like you know this will be fun and i get to hang out with my friend katie and jennifer was there another yeah. friend and so it was just like you know, creative play, and that was what I was sort of going in for. And I came out, and I kind of discovered this world of mandalas, and it's like, you know, I've come to a few with you now, and I think it's something that I'll keep doing, and I've put them all together, and I want to make them into a mandala journal of their own, because I still have work to do, you know, because mm, you do all the little pen and yeah. go back in, and I felt like, so I've gathered them up. Um, and that's one thing that I really enjoy about your workshops with those mandalas as the theme because everything every month you choose a different theme so for example this month coming up the theme is autumn yeah you know what i try and do with that is for me i know that we all work we're cyclical humans and we live in a cyclical cosmos and we love following the wheel of the year you know we mark christmas we mark we do yes. rosh hashanah whatever whatever yeah we love following the rhythms of a year yeah and i do use that as the basis for my well, work we're coming in to this friday is the moon autumn moon festival yeah. for example so hong kong still a lot of, all the festivals go off the moons mm. don't they so that leans into yes that as well. i think that's um very powerful here that Again, that local Hong Kong people also tap into the cycles mm. and the seasons because they play out in our physique and in our psyche and in who we are. You know, when you're living in the Northern Hemisphere, mm. it's very common to start kind of hunkering down in the autumn. And it's different be, for me because, you know... Oh, you're in a different... From I'm a different one of those hemisphere. southern ones. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> wherever your winter is, yeah. is going to kind of invite you... Into more, to be more of a kind of internal contemplative yes, yes. self. Right. Um, and as soon as we pass the Yule um, festival in December, just before Christmas, which is, you know, kind of a wake up the sun festival, the days change. Mm. And um, so in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, uh, little flowers start to bloom and, mm. um, and the then... landscape changes. And it it Depending does play out climate, in who we it can are. be more obvious or not. Very much right? so. It's much more obvious in Northern. Mm. Sort of, what should I say? Uh, more north or more southerly. Climes. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. my Kiwi friends have very definite seasons yeah. as well. H harder to tap into probably the closer you go to Singapore or yes. Bali. But we're in a bit of a halfway place here. We are, and Hong Kong, I mean, people don't think that Hong Kong has a winter. They, mm. they see it as being similar to uh, mm. Singapore, but actually we do. It's just rather short. 
And people enjoy the seasonal changes here. I like, like it. You know, for example, the Mid-Autumn Festival is Friday. Mm. And you know and I know because we've been here so many years, actually the weather will change. It will. And yeah. it will become breezy next week. And it's and actually it my is. absolute favourite time of yeah. year in Hong Kong because it's yeah. still warm, but it's just cool. It just takes the edge off mm. and you can kind of just walk around and, you know. Yeah. And so... Over here, I'm looking at your... I want to say these little boxes. They're like shrines to me, almost. Yes. Um, yeah. Do you, and I imagine your home studio, you probably have a lot more of that going on. Yes. Those, those are created in my home studio right. with groups that come for more of a retreat experience. Right. Um, and again, uh, as in my work, I focus through the journaling and through other art activities on on the self and very much a kind of with with that being a strength-based approach yeah so just to describe to those mm -hmm. listening that can't visualize what i'm saying so there's you've got a few pin boards up with mandalas and examples of work but then you've got these little shelves and there's sort of say three shelves and several little shrines, they're very colourful, although some are more pastel, mm. gentle, I guess. Some have mandalas and mandala-like patterns. Some are slightly bejeweled. Some you've, like, I'm looking at this one on the left, you've got stenciled paper, collage paper, then you've gone back in with glittery bits. I mean, they're all... But really, see, this is what I love doing as well. Like, it's all made from paper and paint. Mm. And imagination, right? It's very accessible. And and I'm looking at that one, that lovely purpley mm. aqua. That, did that come from... That's made of a cardboard box. I was just going to say. <laughs> and the one on the right as well, right? That's made of a... That's a pre-constructed cardboard okay. design. Yeah. And what about those little fingery, papery patterns? They're really lovely. Yeah, just collage again. I mean, really, that... A lot of the techniques that you're seeing in front of you are the techniques that I would use on a journal page. Mm. They're just in an entirely different context. Yeah, so they're three, more three, taking it so to a three-dimensional... So a three-dimensional context, right. yeah. And I see on your boxes there, so one says attitude of gratitude mm. and then another one has some text. Mm. So you do, when you use your collage, you sometimes do take words and then put a spin on them and yeah. make them... Yeah, can I talk about that? I think really... Um, really scrumptious thing about collage that makes it accessible for people is we're cutting something out of one context let's say a magazine we're replacing it into a different context which is whatever it is we happen to be making yes and we're often putting it beside something else from somewhere different yeah so we're recontextualizing pictures textures and words and we're giving them, them our own meaning. Mm. So the, the ability to access that way to make meaning is really something that's open to anybody. Yes. And it's just remembering um, that we can be literal in some parts of our life where that's very, very important. And in this kind of uh, artwork, we're looking at metaphor. We're looking at... What can this be if I change the setting? I wonder what this would be and what it would mean mm. if I put it beside this. And do you use that, the text, when you do the art therapy or is it more 
I think that, well, that depends on the client. Right, right. Yeah. So you, it can be an option. It really does depend because okay. everybody will be working with something entirely different. Okay. Yeah. But people always have an option to use to work with words, very much so. And you also, can we talk about your oracle card that you're mm. doing? So that's another one. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a new direction. It's a long isn't project. It? Yeah. Yeah. And so, oh, you've just crossed your arms. I know. It's like, oh, <laughs> I'm doing oracle cards because I really want to get back to them. But so again, that's more a personal project. It's very much a personal project, but I, I began my Oracle cards to, because I use cards with my clients. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Because again... Like as a, tr- like a sort of as starting a, point. As a starting point, and, and also sometimes as a closing point. Right. Um, if you have been sitting in an art therapy session and touching into deep material... Mm. Yes. It's very, very important to make sure Rather that the person is Rather than just walk back out on the street. Yes, and, okay. Uh, in, in a very different place and, and to be grounded and to be centred before they leave the room. And um, sometimes I might use the option uh, of an oracle card mm. uh, or, or a goddess, whatever card, just an image, let's call it, as a way to um, change gears offer a, I wonder what the week holds for you offering an image with a question okay. that leads somebody into pondering uh, pondering next steps as opposed to staying in the now and the possible so pain a way of to the kind now kind of move forward yeah. and progress a little bit just to leave with more of a looking forward mm. attitude mm. than um, then, then staying in of, the moment yeah I guess ruminate mm. okay so that was actually how I began my Oracle Card project. Okay. Um, also, I think what, what I was saying before is about re- collage gives the opportunity for recontextualizing images. And that is just uh, a powerful process for me. Yes. Recon- recontextualizing something and, and laying it out on, on a piece of paper in front of me. I would I would do that in, as a journal page, mm. and then I would be journaling about that image. Right. I right. wonder what so I wonder what this here... image has for me today. Okay, so you re, you almost ask it a question. So I'm just in front of me. Mm. I had this is the journal book. Now this oh I just love that. So the start is like a big. I would call that a kuru like the mm. New Zealand. So which stands for sort of positive change mm, actually so the title mindful moments and you've got mixed media work and this is all like really nice lovely thick paper mm. you've bound it together with colorful yeah, threads it, yeah. and so you've made all the pages and then over the six weeks so they start off and they do that themselves and then each week they do i guess two pages do they that can depend I mean, the, what we would... Can I pull these out? Yeah, we would, in oh, this particular... Oh, they're all attached. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I have seen that before. So this front page has lovely squiggly flaps on So this it. is what we call a journal spread. When you look at a double journal page spread, in a right. journal, it becomes called a spread. If, um, well, I learned something new. Okay. And this particular practice is one that's been quite powerful for me over the years. Um... And I know that it takes me, and it, and it, and this can be something that you do on a post-it note as mm. well as on 
a double artistic journal spread. You know, it doesn't have to be complex, but it's just using our power of, of daily reflection, if you like, to look at what, it can be momentary as in, okay, I'm gonna look back at today, this has been a shocking day, I mm. just don't feel good about it, mm. but I must have had a win of some description. What was, what was my win, what was my blessing, what was, what was the great thing that happened to me today? And it might be that some people take a picture of that and put it on Instagram. Right, or right. it might be that somebody writes it down in a notebook. Right. And in this case, asking the questions, um, just focusing on the blessings and the thanks and the good parts, if you like. And you've got this little title here, so I am grateful for. Yeah. And then you have all these spin-off points where you've journaled, like written text yourself. Yes. So that really... But in a creative way right yeah like it's a way to, that we we can learn to use text and tell me about these little tags here so there's like little handmade tags they're collage those are my blessings helen oh they're your blessings <laughs> this is where i count my blessings oh yeah so wonderful yeah and so See, i i i feel just i just love looking at your journals because that just gives me a sense of i mean i love creative things but i also find them very calming to just visually look at look get what i mean so gratitude isn't just says oprah gratitude isn't just a concept we should visit annually over roasted turkey um, it's a mindset that's been scientifically shown to help nourish body and mind and so i i think that lots of us know and understand this now so this is one way a non-verbal way of recording there you go all my loving there's a lot of love in my life, and I'm very grateful for that. This one, breath of life. Mm. This one, blossom. That's me blossoming here in the World no, of Art Studio. You are doing that. <laughs> this one, sparking joy. No? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's cherishing cherishing the thread of the sacred in my life, my daily life, every day. And this this one's like got a little geisha. Yeah, she's in. She's balanced. She's in balance. She's next to the balancing pebbles. And then you've you've stitched it and you have like a little fish hand that says We sewed that book, yeah. We all had to remember how to thread a needle. Wow. <laughs> oh, I recently had to redo that myself. And, you know, throughout the journal there's like pockets, but right now, oh, I like these. Tell me, tell us about these. What, so, what do you call this? So here on this side, this silhouette of me, this is what I call a selfie. Right, right. <laughs> so my selfie here. A journaling here, selfie, yeah. My journaling selfie is about um, the me that I'm willing and able to show to the world. Wow. I choose to show to the world is what I should say. And this little doorway here, which also leads into my selfie, mm. that's the inside me. I might not share that with you or anybody oh. else because that's secret writing so it's you can see the secret text oh. that, um... which which when you first look at that text i mean there's a lot of layering of paints and colors and collage here but when you look at the text i guess it, i mean i can tell it's writing but it's really a pattern mm. to me texture isn't it mm, but obviously to you there's mm. meaning there yeah 
So that you never lose thought. the meaning from okay. when you write the words down, and it doesn't matter that you can't read them again. No, because you because don't have the to share that. Because the moment was recording Right, them. I totally understand that. Mm. But these, this little, port, like selfie, like you called mm. it, this second one actually has little doors that open up to the next page, which then peeps through to the secret text, mm. right? So these are like all these wonderful little ways mm. of creating little moments and windows and captures and that's what I love about your work because it's so unique and you just have this way I mean I can break that down to what materials you used Mm. you know but essentially you've brought them all together Mm. in a composition that really is this wonderfully generously you know I just there's so much kindness and compassion pouring out of this page for me um but it's all made from paint and paper and pen yeah. and i just love and that takes that us back so to that much. concept of possibilities yes each one of these tiny pictures has the possibility to mean something different yeah, so according to what you place the, it beside exactly so you've got several pairs of little hands that have come from all different magazines right mm. And then one that you've made sort of like a... Um... This is the record of a day that okay. I was at HKS. I couldn't carry everything. I hadn't been there for ages. You didn't have your backpack. Didn't have my backpack. <laughs> and that was the day that I got an awful lot of hugs and three teachers helped me carry an awful Aww. lot of stuff a long way. So it reminded me that every time I go there, it's a real touch of love and kindness. Yes. To yes. visit there, so that's yeah. a page really treasuring that. Oh, and I feel that. I mean, I don't know the context mm. of the day, but mm. I can feel that as I yeah. said. And then, but that's where that recording of those small moments in our life is is the grounding and the dopamine generating process that we need to remember. It is. It is. You know, it's really important. Yeah. And, Life is short and life moves fast, particularly, mm. as we said, in a place in Hong Kong. And Hong Kong is under a lot of challenge at the moment, which you can't go anywhere in Hong Kong. I've just come back from a trip, but even being away, we were talking about it earlier, you still have a concern for what's going on. Mm. And for many of us, this has been our home for a long time. Um, it's a very transient place. Some people come for a short spell some people come for longer but it's the kind of place that etches within your brain and heart Mm. really Mm. hong kong is a really special place like no other i've personally ever been to it's very true and it's very hard it it doesn't really matter what you think about what's happening it's not an easy watch Mm. and there's a lot of concern and Mm. i know that doing something like these journals or even just breaking it down to the cards. Well, today I've done my, my doodle on one piece of paper, which I will further embellish later. It really does help. Mm. And art, you know, we now know, I know you know, of course, given your course and study, but also for me as a full like artist that does different media, we know for ourselves, we know for the workshops with others, we know for things that we research that, as you say, it does release the dopamines and it doesn't 
matter what you do, even if you just did it on your own. Mm. Went to a stationery shop, bought journals. I've spent my life doing it on my own, actually. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. and this is something that I think is mm. wonderful about your practice because you're sharing all this now. Mm. And um, I've been to each of the different things that I come along and attend with you in this space. Um, you know, I've met lots of different people from lots of different mm. backgrounds. And they all love it. They just enjoy it so much, don't they? Self-reconnection. Yeah, yeah. That's what people And I think they surprise themselves with what they create and produce, don't they? That's the joy. So I think you're doing a wonderful thing here and I love coming here. So thank you very much. I think on on, on that you. note, we'll say thank you and goodbye. Mm, and need to so let much. you press on with what prepping for tonight. So thank you for chatting to me today. Thank you. All right. And we might come back and talk more about other things that you do in a little while. Okay. 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 Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I've got to go and get my tables ready. <laughs>